Tubals in a China Shop is brought to you by these great companies that are giving us money to let you listen to their stuff. Bullshit, Kyle. We make this show. We make this show. You and me. Tubals in a China Shop is brought to you by us. <laughs> Someone's got to pay the bills, Dan, because it's not our trading. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Roll them. You are listening to an entertainment program put together by a company called Financial Ineptitude. Anything said on this show is not an endorsement or professional advice. Would you really want to tell a court of law you were suing us because you thought taking financial advice from two idiots on a podcast put out by Financial Ineptitude was a good idea? Really? Clown hats on your face. All right, all right, all right, all right. Hello and welcome, everyone. We're opening the doors to the China shop. Get inside. Exciting stuff today. I'm Shopkeeper Dan. With me, as always, is Kyle, creator of FinancialNeptitude.com. Kyle, how are you doing today? Ah, I'm doing pretty good. Yourself? Uh, fantastic. I had, a, I had a good day. Very good day. Nice. You know what? It was all due to journaling, which brings us to our guest, Vico from Trade Pro Academy. <laughs> Woo! Stadium cheer. How are you doing today, Vico? I'm, I'm doing good, guys. Thanks for having me again. Always a pleasure. And thanks for bringing up the journaling. <laughs> Did you guys want to run like a quick poll, see how many people journal today? Let's do it. I think you'll finally get your, your happy number. No, will I? All right. Dan, did you journal? I did journal. I did journal today. Kyle, what about you? I'm voting yes. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. Wow, we went three for three. That's incredible. Missing one. Missing one. Vico? Oh, yeah, myself. I, I journaled earlier in the day, actually, because I went to a okay. dentist appointment. But, <laughs> I was um, going to laugh so hard if you hadn't done it yet. <laughs> I didn't. I don't do it. No, I'm kidding. It's funny. I actually uh, had, to wake up. I had to wake up early because uh, I just had so many trades. I had a hard time getting through them all yesterday so i woke up early this morning to make sure i got it done before i started trading that's that's good man that, that shows initiative like that's that's dedication uh yeah especially for me because i hate getting up early even more right i was just gonna say that's the thing with journaling it's like it's like if you have like too many trades and you know that you're gonna journal you just like stop trading as much right it, it forced you to trade less if anything that's kind of what was starting to happen but then it just kind of went a little it started to get a little off the rails yesterday which uh i did a better job today stopping when i found myself starting to overtrade. i was like okay that's enough for the day i'm done nice, but nice. definitely uh because i was journaling that uh definitely made me aware like if i look through my notes on the daily basis then I, it gives me something to focus on for the next trading session i think that's one of the big helps of it yeah yeah yeah, I, I I really I really focus mainly on like the review aspect of the journals, right? Like doing them is like one thing, but like reviewing what you've done, like in a fresh mindset. Yeah, I want to I want to give a, a a continued shout out to journaling. When we were watching the uh, boot camp live, I will admit I was one of the people marking no. Uh, I wasn't journaling. Now I wasn't trading, but when oh, I was trading, I wasn't doing a good job of journaling. So I felt like it was an honest no. But after the boot camp. Uh, when, when I did my first trade day afterwards, I did journal and I, I gotta, I gotta say it made today so much better. Like journaling yesterday makes today better. Like, especially being able to identify like, oh, wow, these are the things that I was doing really well all day. And here's the things that I was taking shits on all day. <laughs> We should have. The boot camp wasn't even about anything else. I think that's the yeah. big takeaway. <laughs> like, just fucking journal. Just One fucking of the journal. members of our Discord was asking about, like, uh, saying he was going to have to watch them on replay. I said, make sure you journal before you watch them. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't get angry. Yeah, you yeah, yeah, yeah. wake up in a cold sweat. <laughs> <laughs> oh my. Ah, uh, yeah. So you. 
first of all, I mean, congratulations on putting together such a great event. Uh, I, I enjoyed every minute of it. And carrying it. Too. Oh, yes, that's right. Yeah, because George got sick, so he wasn't able to really participate much. That's amazing. Yeah, thanks, guys. Uh, thanks for showing up to that. Uh, it was it was a fun event that we wanted to start a little earlier, I feel, but there was a lot of roadblocks at the beginning of January, but pretty much did a little boot camp for all of the members at Trade Pro to kind of review and break down, get a nice, nice good start on the year with mm-hmm. like some strategy stuff, some stuff that you may or may not have known already, right? Just the basics, order flow stuff, and both options and futures. So there was a lot. There was a lot. It was jam-packed, and they were what, like how many hours a day? Probably two to three hours a day on average. I, I thought it was going to be an all-day event. I was I was ready to go at nine. <laughs> <laughs> I well, forgot to yeah, check like, the time. <laughs> we, started the, we started the room early at nine, and then I, it was kind of almost an all-day event. I don't know. I, th- I mean, for you, it was for sure. Are you guys planning on doing another one anytime soon? Um, probably not anytime soon. Uh, we just wanted to get a good start into 2022 and kind of review a lot of things and hanker down on the journaling aspect, which I know you guys have probably heard me say like 70 times already in the past week. <laughs> <laughs> I was afraid to vote no. It's like I better fucking yeah. I th- what did I say? I think shame was what was keeping me on. <laughs> shame, yeah, <laughs> it was my pure disappointment. <laughs> I can't. Every, I can't disappoint Vico. <laughs> it, it's just. It, it's one of the most. It's one of the simplest things that people like don't really like even think of. Like, let alone want to do. It's like homework. No one wanted to do homework as a kid. So, are you going to do homework as an adult? Right. Mm-hmm. But like, it's. Like journaling and being able to review your journal is pretty much one of the main things that you could do to personally better yourself without like having any external like um, help, I would say, right? Like it's very, it's very clear cut to look at a journal and look at like, let's say 10 trades on the screen and you'll know, okay, these were to plan. These were not to plan. These were good trades. These These were bad trades. Pretty evident that way. Right. Mm-hmm. But a lot of people just refuse to do it. Like the, the difference that, for me, like even let's say today, I think I had like three trades, maybe four. Um, I don't know exactly how many there were, like around less than five, but whatever, it doesn't matter that much. But if I look at those, right, they might not mean too much to me today when I did the journal, but when I look at those in the morning, right, then I mm-hmm. remember, okay, what had happened during those times? Was this a good trade? Could this have gone better, right? Did I trail it well? Did I cut it too soon? Um, did I cut it not soon enough, right? And it really opens your eyes as to what you should and shouldn't be doing. And then from there, you just build. Because imagine every day you review something, right? And that sticks with you. So let's say day one, you're, um, you notice that an issue you're having is, hey, you know what? Like, I'm, I'm getting it at the wrong place, right? Mm. Like, I'm looking for these like, specific trades, but it's not working, right? Then a week goes by and you notice, okay, well, I'm still kind of doing that same thing. So it's like, what is that main cause? For example, let's say you're getting into breakouts when you shouldn't be getting into breakouts, right? And then you find the root cause of that. And then next thing you know, you're like, okay, well, I tried breakouts yesterday in the past week. They went to shit. So I'm not going to do breakouts. I'm going to do this, right? (laughs) Mm -hmm. So it, it really helps you identify like areas that you need improvement on and areas that you're good at. So like, for example, my journaling, like I look at it and I'm like, I know what I'm good at and what I'm bad at. and if I'm journaling and I notice, okay, well, I'm doing a little more than the stuff than I should be than the stuff that I'm bad at, that I'm good at, then I'm going to have to scale that down, right? Like mm-hmm. I prefer to just completely stop doing the stuff that I'm bad at and focus more on doing the stuff that I'm good at, 
right? Instead of just trying to get better at the stuff that I'm bad at. It just doesn't make sense in trading, in my opinion. Um, how about we do this then? Uh, Dan and I can go through some of the notes that we've made over the past week of some of the issues that we find that cr- uh, crop up in our personal trading. And then if you've got anything mm-hmm. you, you can think of that should help us to try to get better at that. Well, well, where'd you get these results from the journal, I assume? I'd say, I'd say we'll just go through what we've written down, our notes, and then uh, see if you've got some tips to help us try to overcome some of our issues. Because I'm sure a lot of the things that we're finding with our trading, uh, a lot of the people listening probably going to have something similar. Oh, I bet. Uh, so I can go ahead and go first. Um, overtrading yeah. is one of the things that is constantly cropping up. Okay. Overtrading. Yeah. That's like, overtrading is a menace to be honest, because I feel like people are in one of two categories, right? They either overtrade or they undertrade. It's pretty, it's pretty like well categorized into that. And like undertraders are afraid to put risk on. And I feel like overtraders are a little more on the emotional side. Mm-hmm. So let me ask you this. If you have your first, let's say your first trade of the day is like a solid green trade. Do you notice that you trade more or less after? Uh, I definitely think it is more of like a chasing losses kind of thing. Like it starts to, like if I start having a few bad trades in a row, then that's where it starts to kind of get a little bit out of hand. So what I've been trying yeah. to do lately is stop when that happens, but it'd be nice if I can not get into that mentality to begin with. Yeah. I think like the root cause of something like that is like you're, you're grouping trades together. And what I mean is you're letting one poor trade punish the next, right? Right, gotcha. So it's like, let's say I take a bad trade and I'm like, okay, well, I have to be vengeful now because that trade was shit. Now this one has to be good, right? Right. So what you end up doing is you force a trade, right? That's probably not going to yep. be a good trade realistically. You force a trade and then you're like, okay, well, this one was shit too. Now I have to come back for the two crap ones that I just made. And it just like exponentially piles up from there, right? I think like, it's not easy to do this, but one of the best things to do is like group every trade individually into its own individual asset. Now, mm-hmm. I prefer to spend a lot more time setting up a trade, right, than right. me just taking any trade. So like if the trade isn't set up well enough where it's like, hey, like there's a good good probability that I'm going to it's going to be a good trade, I'm just going to kind of let it go, right? Mhm. So like if I have a level in mind, for example, whether you're trading futures or options for options, uh, sorry, for futures today, right? I had a level in mind at uh, between 4305 and 4307, right? When we dumped and I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to buy this level, right? I'm going to buy this level, but I have to see this and this, right? It's not enough for me to just like stick the limit out. So it took me maybe like five minutes to let this trade actually present itself. Right. And then even if it was a bad trade, right, the worst thing that you can do is you get stopped out and you just enter a trade right away, mm-hmm. right? Because if I wanted 07, for example, and I see the price start going without me and next thing you know, I buy 11, right? There's a big difference between 07 and 11, right? Four points, mm-hmm. right? I get stopped out at 08, for example, and I'm like, what the hell just happened? I, I wanted 07 to begin with. Why am I getting in at 12 or 13? Mm-hmm. So like treating every trade individually and just really setting them up take your time to set them up and like it, it is it is harder mentally it's, it's easy to say it but like to do it is something else one of the things that really helped when we first started out was the the three week challenge where we just sat and observed mm-hmm. i almost wonder if maybe i need to go back and do one of those again because one of the things that i learned from doing that that challenge was that there's always another opportunity mm-hmm. there always is and you have to keep telling yourself that 
if if you can get that back and not have to be not worrying that this one's going to be the one like no there'll be another one probably within the next 10 minutes probably even sooner than that yeah i i definitely had a few losses that weren't at my my key levels that i I just thought i saw a good entry on and what was helping me today specifically was when I hit that loss, pulling back and being like, okay, wait, wait, where are the levels I'm looking for? Let's ignore, like, I have to look away from the dom and, mm-hmm. and like force myself to, to look at the chart and, and then wait, wait for those levels. And that, that's helped, that helped me stay out of a few bad trades today, at least. Yeah, I think that's like, it's a really good point, like the observation aspect, because like when you, like, typically like revenge trading, it's like, it's like something just like switches in your mind and like, you don't even realize what you're doing until you, you like step away, right? Mm-hmm. You're just clicking because like price are moving. Like if you observe, like you said, I wouldn't say just not trade. Like don't just observe the market for three weeks and do nothing, but just sit back and look at the market from like a very neutral perspective between each trade, right? And just wait for your level, wait for your confirmation, wait for whatever you need to see happen. Because realistically, like the only way to like be successful at trading is have a system that's been proven to be more right than wrong and only trade that right mm-hmm. because like if you keep discretionary just clicking around and you're like okay well it's not on my level but it looks good right mm-hmm. that's not enough i'd rather pass that up even if it's like a 30 point zipper than something that's like okay it's in my area and i and it, it it's confirmed right Mm-hmm. Like I would rather take the confirmed trade that's based on a system or a plan that I've had that I know is probably going to work. It's not going to be a hundred percent, but there's going to be like let's say like an eighty percent chance it's good over a trade that diminishes the system just because it looks good. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I can attest after after that boot camp and and having you and and even George while he was there walk through the 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 system. Uh, I noticed an immediate improvement when I got back down, sat down and started trading. Uh, more of my trades go immediately green. One to, one, to, one to two points. That, that's another thing. Like when you, when you enter a trade, especially like talking about futures, because like other assets could be a little different. Futures are very nimble, right? Like you don't have that big of a stop. You have very slight movements, right? And they're jittery. Now, the thing with futures, for everyone that's listening, like this isn't really... You just made me think of it, but if you get into a trade and it's like down bad right away, like it wasn't a good trade. Yeah. yeah. Like you want to see some green. <laughs> I have a lot of those. <laughs> <laughs> like one, two ticks against you. Okay, whatever. But if it drops like a point, a point and a half against you right away, then it would just wasn't a good area unless you have like a 10 point stop. Uh, speaking of stops, top ticks. I get stopped out on top ticks quite a bit. It seems like. Uh, right before the expected move actually happens. So I think mm-hmm. that is showing me that my entries is definitely something I need to work on. Yeah, exactly. It's like it's it's a mix between entries and like stops, I would say, right? Because like it does depend on what your stop is. Um, um, I'm using a 10 tick stop, so I mean I think that should be that should be enough. In this kind of market, I honestly don't think that's enough. Um, really? Yeah. Like I've expanded mine to like five, six points. Really? which is it's big but like realistically like we're getting 120 point swings on average every single day right for the past seven or five days i think the stat was 127 point swings on average mm-hmm. right Oof. and like if i'm trying to sell an area or buy an area no no stop is safe right like you need that extra cushion and 
if you don't want to do that, then you're going to have to be a lot more precise, right? Like the, the mm. lowest stop I have right now is four points. Interesting. What's your, uh, what's your take profits then? Like either two to two and a half times the, like the starting mm-hmm. one. So like if I'm risking four, I want at least eight on the, the first por- portion of the position. How quickly do you move your stops to break even? Honestly, not as quickly as I should because it's not automated, right? Maybe I should do some automation because they move very fast. Like usually I'll 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 have taken my like first profit and like it's it's far enough, right? If it's eight points away, like I have the ability to do that. But I just break even after I take the first profit, which is like even in options too, like with the volatility. If I get my first profit, like I'm moving everything to break even right away. Mm-hmm. But in terms of getting top ticked and then it going against you, this market right now, it's like there, there, it's a different mark condition that a lot of people are used to. It's very g- good for like people who want like erratic movements and volatility, excuse me, volatility. But at the same time, stops are getting hunted way more aggressively because what mm-hmm. you'll notice typically is like, let's say you have a level, right? Let's say it's a 4,300, right? It'll rotate, rotate, rotate 4,300 and it might hold it like maybe even to the exact tick. And you're like, wait, let me get it at 4,300. Like for a buy, let's say, right? It runs down to 96 and then it pops. And you're like, well, what the hell? Like it just took me out. It dropped four points, then it ripped, right? Those are the stop runs that the market's looking for in these specific conditions, right? Yeah, I've been seeing that a lot, actually. Yeah. Yeah. If you, yeah, if you think, if you think it's a good level, just keep in mind, like, okay, I'm just going to wait for the stop run and then get in after that. I wonder if it'd be better to put a, Wait for the stop run, then put a breakout order. <laughs> yeah, like wait for the stop run, then put an order back in that direction, like against the stop run. Like you'll see it on the DOM a lot more, but I feel like people who are newer to the DOM might be like a little confused at this mo- more erratic movement on the DOM. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dan, what, uh, what about you? What do you got in your journal? <laughs> I had so much stuff. I was just writing down what, what Vika was talking about. <laughs> I heard your papers flipping. <laughs> One thing that I wrote today that I thought was really significant was I had a string of wins, a big wins, and uh, mm-hmm. I stepped outside, I took a break, and while I was thinking to myself, man, I'm out of mental capital, I should call it a day, take the win. And I came back in, mm-hmm. I sat down, I looked at the charts, and I started trading, and I had 14 losses in a row. <laughs> Damn. Uh, that's, that's in my uh, journal for today. Uh, if, if I have the thought that I'm too tired, I need to stop right away. Also, or have a, good, a, a profit limit. Like if I tag this many points in a day, I, I can go ahead and play some video games and stop trading. That's the thing, man. Like it's when you're on like a hot streak or like when you're doing well, like it's it's very easy to continue and then you turn it like into a bad day, right? Like mm-hmm. I think like having a profit target is it's solid. Like a lot of people don't like that, right? But like honestly, like the point isn't to trade and to accumulate as many points as possible, right? That's not the goal here. The goal is like get your money and get the hell out. Because mm-hmm. the more you sit around, the worse it becomes like throughout the day realistically. Like if you can't focus for that long and you know that, you know your personality. I'm not saying that's you, but like I'm just saying in general. Yeah. Like try to get in and then get the hell out of there. Like I know so many traders that look well, like there's a an array of traders out there. I know traders that can just do this shit all day. Like if the opportunities there, they're gonna be like, oh, Are you stupid not to trade this? I'm like, whatever, do whatever you want. But <laughs> there are other traders as well. <laughs> 
that literally look for like five points a day, right? Now, granted, it's on like 50, 60, 70 contracts, but like it's like three to five points that I've made my day, right? Right. So regardless if you're getting 100 point swings, right? I know a lot of people that are so disciplined, they collect X amount of points that they're going for and they say, that's it. Like I'm done and I'll do this again tomorrow, right? Which to some people may sound stupid because they're like, okay, well, the opportunities are you have to do it, but know yourself as well. Maybe they're not able to mentally, right? Maybe that's not a thing that they're good at. Actually, George was talking about that on the uh, the futures call today about mm-hmm. uh, uh, sticking around too long after you made your money. Like if mm-hmm. you, I think what he was saying, like if you find yourself like everything's going right in the beginning, then you start to feel like, you know, I think he's called it God mode. Yeah. <laughs> you can't do anything wrong and then that's when you're at the most danger yeah yeah for sure like i i usually stick around for a decent bit to be honest because like i don't trade that much so like if i have five trades throughout the day like i think i'm pretty good but it's like for me it's the same thing like let's say let's say you're up x amount of points right you've hit your profit target let's say let's say your profit target's five points right mm-hmm. Well, let's, let's extend it a little. Let's say 10 points, right? And you've hit 10 points. Now, what I typically do is I'll take one more trade, right? Mm-hmm. And if it's anything but green and full profit, right, I'm going to stop. So if it's a full green profit trade, I've earned another trade if it comes, right? Mm-hmm. So if it's not and I take a loss or even I scratch out of it, like I'm just going to just shut it down and go do something else, right? Like you don't need to be giving away um the profit that you've earned throughout the day right that's like one of the biggest things like one of the one of the biggest things for traders is greed as well so it's like oh, okay well i was at 10 points now i'm at eight points right i just need to want i just want to get back to 10 points yeah right mm-hmm. yeah then, well because mentally you you think of that as a two-point loss not an eight-point win yeah exactly but then if you look at your balance the balance is up right yeah <laughs> yes <laughs> <laughs> you you don't have any issues gambling do you <laughs> do I have issues gambling? No, no. I said you don't. It uh, no, no, doesn't no. sound like you do. No, not at all. <laughs> I gamble every day in the markets. Yeah, I was so, actually thinking to myself maybe two weeks ago that I think I would, I would prefer to be a trader that just does like a hundred contracts, wakes up, earns six points, and then I'm done for the day. Like that would be more money than I would ever know what to do with. Right. That's, for sure, that's great. But then at the same time, are you willing to take that kind of loss? Right. Right. (laughs) So it goes it goes both ways, but like like for me, for example, like at the beginning I just go for like five points, let's say. Right. Mm -hmm. And I'd be like, okay, like I'll get five points and I'm just I'm just gonna be done. Right. And then if I if I lose four points on the day, then I'm done. Because what happens then is you don't overshadow your wins with losses, right? Because I think one of the main things that people do is they get X amount of points to stay green. Right, I'm not, like this is some people, right? They they get X amount of points to stay green, and then they don't want to give that profit up, but there's still opportunity out there, and then they take a larger loss the next day, right? That eventually mm-hmm. just dwindles the account realistically. Yeah. So like, if you're going for X amount of points, go for X amount of points. Don't be like, okay, well, I earned like six today, but I was going for ten, right? Like, unless it's like the opportunity just absolutely not there. The the whole point is. On an average, you want to be making more dollar amounts, right? Than you're losing on your average days. Mm-hmm. So that means you have to have a very, like, disciplined. Okay, I'm done. Stop level, right? So whether it's minus like a hundred bucks or whether it's minus a thousand, doesn't matter what it is. But that's like a cold hard stop. 
Like otherwise you're just going to be exceeding that. And then you'll have a good day, right? A green day, but it doesn't make up for those losses. That sounds so familiar. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and I think that's really valuable too, because like, you know, every trading day is different. It's a different market moods, different levels of volatility. And there are some conditions where I feel like I just naturally will happen to have blind spots. And if I've got a hard stop and I follow it and I wait till the next day, it's going to have new market conditions. And I might be way better that day than I would have been if I kept trading the day before. Well, that's the thing. So you bring up a good point, market conditions, right? They do change, but your trading style shouldn't change, right? Mm-hmm. Like the only thing that changes in market condition is your patience and your stop, right? Because realistically, like like if I look for, let's say I try to play ledges on like volume profiles, like and I draw like levels there, and then I look for so and so based on like my criteria, no matter what the market condition is, I'm gonna still be doing the same thing. Mm-hmm. Right. But I should not be trading I should not be changing my style of trading just because the market's different. Mm. Right? Right. Like it doesn't, there's no, there's no reason to change what you do on a regular basis just because the conditions are different. Like mentally, yeah, you can change a few things and your stop. Yeah, you can change a few things and your patience should increase, especially if you haven't traded a market like this. But it's not like today, for example, I'm trying breakouts, then tomorrow I'm doing pullbacks just because the market condition changed, right? Right. Like I have a system that is, let's say, 75% profitable and I'm just going to keep doing that regardless. Like it doesn't matter what, how erratic the market's moving. Mm-hmm. Ah. No matter how the market. No, I'm sorry. Just <laughs> <laughs> it's okay, Kyle. We're recording. We can listen to it again. Yeah, no, I know. I'm <laughs> trying to see what other uh, uh, bigger issues that I saw lately. Uh, scratching. Scratching. I'm not good at scratching a trade. Honestly, neither am I really. Like The only reason why I'd scratch a trade personally is. Let's say like I get in and let's say I have a four point stop in this market condition. It just goes two points against me like right away showing no signs of turning around. I'm like, okay, well, I'm just going to take less of a loss than I originally would have. You know, otherwise I honestly don't really scratch. Really? Yeah. Is there any particular reason or are you just not watching it? Yeah. The particular reason is, is that like if I scratch and it turns out to be a good trade, then it kind of like messes with the whole thing, right? Yeah. Like I have I have my defined risks, I have my defined take profits, and I'm just going to stick by that. Because scratching kind of takes the automation out of everything, in my view at least. Like mm-hmm. what I would want to see personally would be like, um, I would want to either have a good trade or take the loss right because it's predetermined risk it's it's kind of like a coin flip right like not in the sense that you're going to be right or wrong 50 percent chance but like what you're doing is well coin flip's not really the best the best example but like (laughs) you got probability on your side if you have a good system yeah like if you if you've narrowed it down right like let's say you have a you're rolling a dice and if you roll a number between one and four which is four out of six on the dice mm-hmm. sides, right? You're going to be right, mm-hmm. right? So no matter what happens when you when you identify that that level, that area, whatever it is, and you roll the dice, right? You know, okay, I'm good between one and four. That's pretty much what's going on. And if it hits five and six, so be it. And I've taken my loss, right? Mm-hmm. I don't want to. I don't want to like get into a trade personally. This might not be for everyone, but personally, I don't want to get into a trade. And it kind of get wedged. Let's say I'm rolling the dice, right? And it gets wedged in like a corner 
and it's between four and five, right? So I, I, it could go either way at that point, right? Yeah. And I want to see it through to see, okay, is it going to flip to my five or is it going to flip to my four? Rather than, where, rather than me just cutting it and then flipping to my four and then it just rockets. Right, right, right. Yeah. Like that's the whole point why I have a stop, right? I don't like, like if, it, if it's just a crap trade and I know it, like I'll get out fine. But that's mm-hmm. the only reason why I do it personally. I was having a hard time today not flattening. Uh, I actually, one of my notes after I journaled yesterday was let the, let, let the stop take you out of the trade. And, and I had to, I had to have like focused intention in order to do it uh, because I'm like so jittery. And there were times where I flattened right before it made the original move I'd identified. And it does, <laughs> it, it makes me sad panda for sure. I, th- <laughs> I think those actually hurt more than a trade you didn't get into. They do because you were like, well, shit, I was right. I did everything. Yeah. I did everything well. It's just my decision making was off, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Oh man, you're so different than George. <laughs> <laughs> In what sense? Uh, George is like the king of scratchers, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. Because George is like he's confident enough to try a level like a few times. Like I feel like b- because I use wide stops and he doesn't, right? So like, yeah, it it may sound that I'm more precise, which like maybe I could be, but at the same time, like I know the probability of my trade based on like it doing so and so. X amount of times, right? Like for him, it's yeah. more of like discretion, you know? I, I had a couple notes of this was not on trend where I, I was looking at levels, of the, I should say the, the volume nodes on the futures and be like, okay, that's a pretty mm-hmm. big node. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to look for a trade right around here. I'll look, I'll look for like a short and then I would see some buying come in and I'd be like, oh, I'm going to follow this buying and I jump in and yeah. be like going long on a short trend. It's like, God damn it. What am I doing? Uh, here's the quote. It's uh, John Carter. Uh, Varen posted this in the, our Discord the other day. Uh, uh, John Carter says, my two best practical tips for turning into a profitable trader. First, try cutting your position size in half and doubling your stop. This usually fixes most problems. Next, focus on executing two well-thought-out, well-planned trades per week instead of cranking out five trades per day. Yeah, exactly. That, that's a really good point, honestly, because like, when, I, when I lower my trade frequency, right, I usually do, pre- I, I do a lot better for sure because like, you're waiting for not the perfect moment, but a moment that's like, good enough for you to take that like, shot. You know? mm-hmm. And that realistically doesn't happen 10 times a day. Like, it could. But the odds are it probably won't, right? Probably like between two and like four times a day, I think you'd get like a pretty good, um, a pretty good opportunity. And these markets, like they might come around a little more often, but just in general, I find that like if I'm going to take a trade, it has to be well thought out mm-hmm. and it has to like meet my criteria, right? Like sometimes I do take a little more trades like than I should be, but those are the days that I don't do as well as, for example, like today where today... In like our live options room, I did. I missed two, one by a limit, but the other one I just wasn't paying attention. But the two trades that I picked up were like these longs, one towards the beginning of the day when we were rallying, and then the other mm-hmm. long like right at this key support. So like those are those are trades that I was waiting for, and they were probably like forty five minutes apart, maybe an hour apart. Right. So even if I had just had the one trade today, right? Like if it's sized well and everything and everything makes sense, then that's kind of all you need in that, in that, like in that day. 
right? The less you trade, the more you're going to make realistically. Or less you're going to lose. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> less we thought out, right? <laughs> yes, yes. So what were some of the other issues that were brought up in the, uh, the boot camp that like, what were some of the common themes that you think stuck out? Uh, people weren't journaling at all. <laughs> <laughs> but like, it actually boggles my mind. Like, like to a, to anyone that's listening that doesn't journal, like why, like what, like why, like are you? Because I ran, I ran two polls, right? This isn't even to like talk shit or like like belittle anyone because I want to see everyone do well and like it. I'm not like it doesn't matter to me. You know what I mean? Like. Mm-hmm. Like if you journal or not, it's only, you're only like, you're only hurting yourself. So like, mm-hmm. I would like to like be a dick about it to like show you that like you're wrong, right? <laughs> like you need to, you need to be doing this because like, like how else, how else is someone going to get you to do something, right? Like if you ask like a few, if you, you, like you ask someone, okay, can you please journal? Like blah, 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 this and that. And they're like, okay, whatever. But if you tell someone, yo, you're, you're not going to be successful. Like you're going to lose all the time if you don't journal. Do you think what's more effective? Uh, probably the second one, right? So it, it's like it, that. That's like that's the path that like I had to take, and like, like it doesn't really matter though because it's still up to the individual. So if I tell you you're gonna be a shit trader for the rest of your life if you don't do this one thing, right? The choice is yours at that point, so you have no one else to blame. Yep. So yeah. it was that was one of the main things that stuck out because like not that many people were journaling, and I ran a poll and. It was okay. So the first poll was how many of you journal over the past, uh, what was it like week, months, whatever, how many times I don't exactly remember the poll, but it was based on like time and how many times you journaled throughout that period of time. Right. Yeah. And it was like an astounding amount of people that said they weren't journaling. Right. Which was, I can't remember the exact number, but if not half close to half of people weren't journaling. So then I ran a secondary poll out of people who are trading live right now. How many of you have had a positive three last months, right? Or a positive last month. It was something like that. Yeah. And the results were pretty much what the journaling results told me. And I'm like, okay, well there's evidently some kind of correlation here, even if it's not a one-to-one because there could be some anomalies out there but realistically like like this could be one of the one of the easier fixes that could help you out right or the start of a of a of a turning point right it's not going to be like okay i start journaling the next month i'm going to be super rich and i'm gonna have lambos but (laughs) it's like the reality is if i start journaling today then i'm going to be ahead of where i would be if i didn't in the next month for sure there's no way around it Right, it takes like thirty days to build a habit, and I think that's one of the habits that a lot of traders really need to need to do. Because I, I I think a lot of people underestimate what it really takes to be like a good and profitable trader. And it's like realistically, like at the beginning, like if you're not putting in six to ten hours a day, like reviewing and revisiting and watching things, replaying, then it's it's gonna be harder, right? You can cut the time that it takes to be successful by doing like a few simple things, which is journaling, right? Mm-hmm. And spending a little more time in front of the screens, right? Instead of spending an hour, now you spend two hours a day, right? Instead of t- spending two hours a day, now you spend three hours a day. Even that one extra hour helps, but like make sure it's meaningful. Like if I'm looking at the screen and I'm just looking at it, it's like, oh, okay, went up today. That doesn't help me, right? <laughs> like, <laughs> <it's>, <laughs> like, like, look at it and see, okay, like, what happened where and why did it happen, you know? Yeah. Oh, man. 
Good stuff. Okay, so uh, let me ask you this then. What goes into a good journal then for the people that are listening? So a good journal is a very simple journal. I'm glad you asked that. Like it doesn't have to be like overwhelming. It could be like a simple little scorecard or report card for yourself in the sense that the way I like to do it, because there's a lot of journals out there that you can buy for like a monthly fee, I think like online. Mm -hmm. Uh, Off the top of my head, I know none. So sorry, but (laughs) there's a bunch out there. Like... Mm -hmm. Shit, what was that one called? This this one was old, but like Trader View, uh, spelled V U E. Uh, this one's old. I don't. I think our team uses something else. To be honest, mine's a little more archaic. Uh, these online journals they're good because they show you your stats and they show you where you're good and where you're bad. Mine's very simple though. Like what I do is I'll take a screenshot of the chart with my trades on it, mm-hmm. and I just overlay some writing. Right, I overlay some writing. This trade, I did this, this, this because of this. Right, uh, I did poorly here because of this. I did well here because of this. And then I attach it to my own little private Discord that I've made for myself. And in that Discord, I just, um, I just write a few notes, like two, two lines, three lines. Today I lost focus, for example. Um, so I miss like this trade and then I kind of revenge traded this trade, right? So now I know, okay, how can I improve this? Like, remember, make sure you're focused, blah, 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 this and that, like give yourself a few pointers. So then when you read it before the market opens, right, it's very fresh in your mind. That sounds simple enough. It's, it's fairly simple. I don't know why people don't do it. Like one of the, one of the main things that I saw, like at the beginning of this year, for example, was, um, trailing for myself. So it's like, I'm in the position and the position is doing well. I cut my first profit, right? I, I take half the position off of my first take profit. And then what I do was uh, I don't want to give up some of that profit that I made. So I'm just going to trail tightly, right? Mm-hmm. And then I notice, and I'm like, okay, well, I'm taking like 35% on average. And I'm seeing the potential of this trade is 100%. Now, I'm not going to go from low to top. I'm not going to get 100%. But I should be at least getting half of that, right? Right. So... Then for the first week and a half, two weeks, my journal was just filled with like, like, okay, make sure you trail based on structure. Make sure you trail based on these percentages, right? And then eventually that like helped out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I found so, I found for for myself uh, just taking the notes of the entry and why I got in and what happened, like those three things, like. Short at this level, got in when I saw this and this, this happened, win or loss. Like, just having that core, it tells me a lot of what I need to know. Like, oh, I lost because I got in at this stupid reason, and then this happened. Okay. Oh, look at these winners. (laughs) I'm getting in for the same reasons. Maybe I should focus on those. Yeah, exactly. Like, as long as you give yourself, like, some advice, like, as you're journaling, I I feel like you'll make progress. Journal, journal, journal. I'm looking through my notes and seeing what I said to myself. If I give myself any good, <laughs> uh, getting better at picking pullback levels based on analyzing 24 tick foot chart. Several good trades. We need to stop playing the same level three times. I've noticed that failures happen more regularly when I take that third trade at the same level. Uh, and then the scratching. Several times I saw the moment. I had plenty of time to let it go, but I took the stop instead. So I need to trust myself and cut it. Just cut it and look for a better opportunity. There you go. That's funny because the note that I'm looking at says still jumping out too soon. <laughs> not not letting my stop take it. <laughs> well, what do you, do you have any advice for someone who, uh, who cuts too early? Um, 
So it depends, like how are you cutting? What are you cutting? Right? Are you cutting the winner too early, or are you just cutting a trade in general too early? Uh, one of our Discord members has the issue where I think seventy percent of the trades that he entered would have been green, but he flattened all of those. Then yeah. at that point, honestly, like if you're if you're that skittish, just my like the best advice I would give was just either it's hitting your profit or it's hitting your loss. Just like don't do anything else, and you just got to force yourself to do that. If you're getting into trades, but you're too scared to hold on to the trade, that means you don't want to be in the trade. Like mm-hmm. you don't want to put risk on. And if you don't want to put risk on, then it's like, like why even bother, right? Yeah, what are you doing? Yeah. So like at that point, like the best advice I could give is like just try it a few times and just like enter the trade, click, and just literally just sit there, sit back, put your hands under your ass, and watch it. Because if seventy percent of them are good, then like you shouldn't have a problem. <laughs> right. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Now, do you trade multiple contracts and like split them up so you have like half of it a runner and half take profit at a certain point? Yeah, for sure. So like, like let's say, um, what are we talking about here? Futures or options? Either. Let's say options. Um, we'll do both, right? Let's say with options, like what I typically do is like, let's say I'm trading the SPY because I mainly trade the SPY and the triple Qs on options, um, to be honest. Like I'll do big tech here and there, but mainly just the indices. Mm-hmm. And what I'll do is like, let's say I take 10 contracts of the SPY, right? at a dollar each, so like a thousand dollar position. And I'll take fifty percent of them off at my first take profit, which is around twenty five to thirty percent, right, of a gain. And then all I do is I put my stops just above break even to cover commission and the spread. And then I have my profits set up at like ten to fifteen percent intervals to the upside, which is not necessarily too much based on um, the structure itself because the actual options contract pricing does not react like the chart would. Right. So what I'll do is I'll make sure half the position is out so I can kind of lead the rest of the position so I can make those discretionary moves into levels. So for example, like if I have five left, I'll take maybe one at 45% and one at like 60% if I can get it. And then after that, the rest of it, I'm just going to aim for the next resistance point, for example. Mm-hmm. Right, because if I sit there with my contracts and I'm aiming for this next resistance point and we're just like kind of just dicking around going sideways, like those contracts are gonna burn money, right? Yeah. And then okay, maybe it hits that resistance point, but you missed out on taking fifty percent twice and now you hit the resistance and you're taking thirty percent, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's very much so based on percentages. So I wanna I wanna make sure I have money on the position green and then I can do whatever I want with it. With futures slightly different because you aim for targets, right? Mm-hmm. So with futures, it goes up or goes down. There's no like like uh, Greeks so to worry about. So for example, like yeah, yeah, exactly. Like if I'm in a position, let's say I take five contracts and I'm taking three off at my first take profit no matter what. And I don't really move my stop until I see that like first take profit hit. Now the first take profit could be a level or just X amount of points. But realistically, I don't really like to to move my stops until that area has been hit right Mm -hmm. um because like moving my stops like who knows maybe it comes back it tags my break even then it starts ripping yeah now what i typically do with futures is like i lean against levels of like big inventory so for example like in our room today this is a trade that i took with everyone actually like i said at 31 right i'm getting long and i'm gonna lean on 30 bids Right. So for people that didn't understand that, like I want to get long at 4331 and there was a big buyer, right, that kept adding contract size at 4330. So that's a point Mm -hmm. away. I saw that. So if I'm leaning against 
Yeah, right? Like he kept adding. It was like 270, went up to 300 and something. So when I saw him start adding, I'm like, okay, well, they're probably going to defend this level fairly well. That means that I can put my stop about a point below him and I'll lean against him and he'll probably help me out a little, right? Yeah. So that happened and we go from... So the first move when I got in, we go from 31, right? We went from 31 up to 36, right? Mm-hmm. So that's not my first take profit. So I just left the position. Now, some people might be like, okay, you're like an idiot. But I left the position <laughs> because with my stops because this guy was still defending. I was still leaning against him, right? He kept adding every time we came into it. So I'm like, there's no point in me pulling and getting out of this position. If anything, I'd add to this position, right? So the first take profit is around 40 or I think it was 38 or 39, right? From 31. So I'm half out and then my stops are now at break even plus like a few ticks, right? Mm -hmm. And then I'm just looking for my ultimate target was 55 and 65 based on those two key levels, right? Once we got into 52 and rejected aggressively, I just sold a bit at 50 and then I left the rest at 42, I think, and then I got taken out. So. With the futures, you have the liberty to be like, okay, well, I want this level. I can lean on this guy. With options, it's not really the same because if I get long, for example, at the lows and we stay at the lows for 10 minutes, right? Right. My position's going to be negative, even if we're at the same level. Stupid theta. (laughs) Yeah, I, I, uh, I, that was one of my, uh, six point wins for the day was that exact trade. I wasn't in the room, nice. but I was, uh, I had been short from 46 and it ran down and I was watching it hang out and I saw those fucking bids stacking and I was like, you know what? I don't, I don't think that's going to get smaller. And God, order flow is so great. <laughs> Sorry. <I> digress. <laughs> what, what time was that at, by the way? It was around 1240. 12, 12, 40. 12, 50, 12, 40, somewhere there. 12, 40 to 50. I want to go back and watch that on replay. Yeah, you should. Um, it's, it's, actually, of, it's a huge learning lesson. Speaking sure. of the replay feature in Sierra charts, is there a way to, to just pull up your trades to replay them? Or do you have to punch them in like the timestamps and go back and watch the whole thing like that? Uh, just your trades. I don't think there's a feature to just go back to your trades. Like, let's say like within like five minutes of your trade. Yeah, yeah, it'd be really nice if I can go back to like, you know, watch the two minutes before and after without yeah, having I don't, to I don't think punch it in. Um, I don't think there's something like that, to be honest. All right. You got, you got contacts at Sierra, right? I Make wish. that happen for us. I'm going to fuck off. <laughs> no, send me to customer support through like this like blog post they did in like 1932. Right. <laughs> They're salty. Their customer service is salty. I've heard they're salty. They're just programmers, man. They don't want to deal with people. Yeah. (laughs) I love the platform, so I can't really go anywhere, but like it wouldn't, it wouldn't be bad if they were, if they were maybe just a touch friendlier, but up to them. (laughs) Well, uh, Vico, thank you so much for, for coming back. I think we pretty much touched on everything that Dan and I have for the day. Yeah. Um, If the people want to go back and watch the replay of this, where can they find it? Of, of the uh, the bootcamp, oh the bootcamp! It's um on our website. Um, it's in like the member section. Uh, well, Resources. it's actually not on our website right yet. 
but it'll it'll be on our website. Other than that, like there's emails that we send and you can dig through those emails and there's a link available, but it will be available on our website very shortly. And that is? That is tradeproacademy.com. There you go. Oh, nice. <laughs> you got him to say it. Affiliate, <laughs> affiliate link in the uh, episode description. Exactly. Um, this, was, uh, this was fun, though. I'm glad, I'm glad we could discuss uh, journaling, my favorite topic to get angry about. Yes. It, was like, it, felt like, it, felt like, it felt like a disappointed like, parent or like, school teacher, you know? Like, you have these kids, and like, they have so much potential, but they just don't want to do the work. And you're like, well, you're, just, you're, wasting, you're wasting time, you know? That's wow, exactly what it felt like. It felt like being a child in a <laughs> Yeah, it, it worked like for me. Up, like, uh. I was I was definitely <laughs> shamed in the journaling. I was like, Oh my god, what am I doing? If I'm not journaling good, fuck Nico's right. He was so disappointed. Oh my god, he's right to be disappointed. I told Dan <laughs> if he didn't journal before you came on that uh, the show would probably have to end. Yeah. I think I asked him last week after the first couple of days, like, do you journal today? No. Dude, you better start. <laughs> Vico's messing around with bots. Yeah. yeah. I bought journal. That's not bad though. If you weren't if you weren't live trading, then like it's it's fine to be honest. Yeah, but yeah, like yeah. those polls were were for people that were trading live, right? And I saw fifteen percent not journaling. By the end of it, we dwindled it down to fifteen percent, which is a lot better than what we started with, but still. I'll say to go from fifty to fifteen, you had an impact. All right, folks. So that's that's your take home homework. Is uh, you better start journaling if you want to get serious. That's that's for realsies. Otherwise, Vico will start smoking and defenestrating computers. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. You know it. All right. Thanks again, Vico. <laughs> Kyle, any parting words before we head out of here? Close up shop. No, uh, no, no. But maybe no. we should uh, play Vico out. Ooh. With oh, I only got like three songs for him. I mean, you pick one of them. Scrolling through the charts in sequence Hockey's on the ticket, it's some pro shit Nike breaking out, got a piece of it Got a plan, he ain't taking no Wall Street shit Vico show you how to get it It go lower lows, lower highs Higher lows, higher highs Basically I'm saying either way He about to buy, hey, always about to buy, hey Don't you wanna trade with Vico? He could trade like Johnny Paul Son, he could give you cash passion It's a thriller when he slaps hedge funds Baby, don't you wanna trade with Vico? He could trade like Johnny Paul Son, he could give you fast action And you know he out there every day with it Vico show you how to get it It go lower lows, lower highs Higher lows, higher highs Basically I'm saying either way He about to buy, yeah He always about to buy, hey Two Bulls in a China Shop is an entertainment program, and all thoughts and opinions expressed in the show belong to the hosts and not of any company. They are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual or on any specific security or investment product. It is only intended to provide entertainment about stocks in the financial industry of trading. If you make trades based on what you hear in this show, you assume all risks for those trades.